AWRI Decanted, a podcast from the Australian Wine Research Institute, where wine scientists reveal their latest discoveries and how they're being used by grape growers and winemakers. If you had the choice between trialling a new technique on a barrel of wine versus giving it a whirl at a 17,000 tonne commercial facility, pretty much every winemaker would choose the barrel option. For Matt Zatto, who's operational winemaker at Oxford Landing, barrels weren't an option. So he placed his faith in the AWRI research findings on adding air to ferments and went about it on an industrial scale. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and to discuss how he did it, and more importantly, the results, Matt joins me in the AWRI studio. Matt, thanks for your time. That's my pleasure. Matt, let's just take a step back. How did you end up becoming a winemaker? It wasn't a normal path, I understand. I grew up on the vineyard at my parents' property at Blanchetown, and when I left school, I fell in love with electronics, and so I was encouraged to get a trade away from the farm and went and did an electronics apprenticeship and trade for 17 years. Towards the end of the 90s, TVs and videos were becoming throwaway items, and so I had to look at something for the rest of my career and having grown up in the vineyard I'd always had an interest in wine and the vineyards that my family had so I applied to the University of Adelaide for the enology course and was accepted at the age of 32. That's a great story and it actually explains quite well the role that you're doing now because I understand you're all responsible for integrating technology into Oxford Landing. Yeah so a lot of my previous experience in electronics involved physics and and had a little bit of exposure to air conditioning systems, so refrigeration and cooling. So a lot of crossover learnings have been able to be used at the winery to ensure that everything's running efficiently and working to the best of its ability. Talking about actually making things work as efficiently as possible and getting the best result. I imagine as a winemaker, you always want to produce the best product, but at the end of the day, you're restrained by the realities of a budget as well, aren't you? That's... Correct. And with the winery that I'm at, we're a 35,000 tonne commercial facility. So we need to make the best wines we can, but we also have to have costs at the forefront of any decision that we make. So we have no barrels on our site. So it is purely a stainless steel storage winery. So there's no room for small trials or doing things in small batches. We need to keep things in large batches and keep things moving through the winery efficiently. Well, Matt, it's always about trying to find that extra advantage in terms of flavour and, I guess, texture. Is adding air a great way of actually doing that? Well, for four years through university, we were constantly told that oxygen was your enemy. We were told that at all costs, keep oxygen and air away from your wines to prevent oxidation and spoilage. So the concept that was presented at the 2013 Australian Wine Industry Technical Conference that adding air to ferments was giving some beneficial results was um, really quite encouraging and quite contradictory to all the knowledge that we'd, I'd gained through four years of university. Yeah, quite a contradiction turning your learning on its head. How do you then go and experiment with that? Because you work in a large-scale winery and it's not an easy thing to just apply in a small batch, I'd imagine. No, so we've had quite a journey. We've always been using air for our propagation of our yeast cultures because in a winery our size we need to generate our own yeast and bacteria cultures 
and of all these known that you need oxygen for good yeast health but that's where it stopped as soon as the yeast culture was ready to go into the ferment that's where the air addition finished so we were watching martin day and his team at the awri and what the work that they had done and they were looking for softer more approachable wines early on and so that was exactly what we were after all of our wines are released in the august september of the same year of vintage and so we thought well we can get our wines better prepared and better ready for market earlier this is something that we need to look into and look into very seriously was this something you looked into purely though for red varieties initially yes we were noticing that especially the riverland shiraz so the inland shiraz varieties were starting to generate sulfides six nine and twelve months after bottling so we really wanted to look at how we could reduce that and the results from this initial research was showing that that may be a beneficial so that's our initial target was to reduce those sulfides appearing in riverland shiraz but we also wanted our merlots to be bright and fruity so those were the two varieties that we targeted initially just to see what we could achieve and did you spread beyond that accidentally we had a batch of Cabernet that came in and we picked it too green. Uh, it's not something ideal, but in some vintage conditions, we have to pick it just to get into the winery. And we noticed that the methoxypyrazine characters, or the green leafy and grassy characters, uh, which are sometimes beneficial at low levels, but at high levels, they're quite unappealing. And we noticed that adding air was able to remove those high levels of methoxypyrazines to present a quite a red fruited reasonable quality wine the results are all the same for all varieties it's just a matter of how much of those characters that you're looking for in a wine so what we're looking for at the moment is just doing probably 30 to 40 percent of our blends with air so we can get those really bright red fruits and minimize the sulfides that are coming in so using as a, a blending component for the final wine and how delicate a balance is this? You know, is it a day? Is it a couple of days? I, you know, I suppose it comes down to the volume of your tanks too. That's right. So because we're a large commercial facility, our ferments are 100 tonne. So Simon Schmidt's and Martin Day's research showed that we need to add 1,490 cubic metres of air into that 100 tonne ferment over the five days to achieve the results that they were achieving. And that was just physically not possible for our winery. And we need to keep the airbag presses in continuous operation. We need to keep the centrifuges in continuous operation. And by starving our air supply, that was going to impact that. So we've had to look at some static measures to get the air in, which was via a form of venturi. So as the wine was pumped over the top of the fermenter to keep the cap wet, we had a venturi set up to suck air in manually. Now that wasn't able to get anywhere near, that probably got about 10% of the air in that we needed. And then on a study trip to the US, I noticed that a 100,000 tonne winery was using an inline sparger. And that was just an amazing find. So we implemented that and that worked brilliantly. We were able to get 200 litres of air per minute into the ferment. We were doing this 90 minutes on, 90 minutes off. So eight times per day, we were putting 200 litres of air per minute in. So virtually 12 hours of air into this ferment to get at the results that we weren't. And that was still not the amount of air that was needed to achieve the results that the ADBRI was suggesting. But you obviously noticed a significant gain to continue with it. I can still remember the look on the senior winemaker's face the first day we did this side-by-side trial. 
we just looked at the both of them and we were just amazed at how much bright red fruit was in there. It was almost like red cherries in this Merlot wine. And compared to our normal ferments, which are great, the savoury, the dark berry cherry fruits, but they weren't those bright red characters that we were seeing in this trial ferment. But we were expecting to see aldehyde and oxidised characters, but we weren't seeing any of those at all. It's always good if you can impress the winemaker, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the consumer. What are you hearing back from the consumer? It's uh, not easy to get feedback, but we've noticed sales of our Merlot have increased. And so what we're noticing with our Merlot is those customers are enjoying the softer, finer, more supple tannins. They're not looking for the bigger, bolder tannins. So we're, we're noticing that there's been a, a favourable increase in sales of that wine, which we've made a specific focus on in our winemaking processes to soften those tannins with this addition of air and to also have those bright red fruit characters to make them more appealing and to jump out of the glass. So I guess in that sense, yes, we've seen increased sales, but it's probably tricky on a commercial size winery to get individual feedback from customers. You mentioned you're still not getting the prescribed amount of air in there. Are you endeavouring to up that amount over time or are you happy where you've got to? Well, we're really pleased with the latest results out of the AWRI, which has shown that a small constant volume of air into the ferment over the whole entire ferment rather than two or three big bursts of air are showing exactly the same results. So what we're looking at now is to just trickle a reasonable amount of air into the bottom of the ferments for their seven day duration. And we're hoping that that will give the desired outcome that we want. Going back to your studies and your degree and being told all air is bad, is there an element of nervousness where you may just reach that too much level? That'd be a good thing to for any winemaker to be cautious in their approach. But I have tried on a number of occasions to oxidise a wine, like I've just said, let's see how far we can push this. And I haven't been successful in oxidising or producing any negative effects yet. And we have put as much air as we've been physically able into a certain number of ferments. So I would be very confident in saying, have it a go. Don't be scared. You won't have a please explain letter from the chief winemaker towards the end of vintage. You've just got to try it. Matt, is this something a small winery can easily do? There's a little bit of engineering involved. We're lucky that we have a couple of engineers on site, but it's just a matter of hooking up a sparger, even a bell sparger with a hose onto an air compressor would do exactly the same job. So a small winery would only have a, a fermenter, say five or eight tonnes, and a small air compressor would deliver enough air for what they required. It sounds like a pretty cheap way of getting quite a significant gain in your wine. It is. Our company policy is to try and make wines with adding as little as possible. So by adding air, it's not actually an additive, it's just a natural surrounding component. And by doing that, we're reducing our sulphide, so we're not adding unnecessary amounts of DAP, which is your yeast nutrient, and we're getting the results that we're looking for. Matt, what would your takeaway message be to a winemaker who hasn't added oxygen before but is thinking about trying it the next vintage? I would say just pick a variety. Choose what variety that you'd like to focus on. Don't try and do all varieties. Just pick one and try and do a side-by-side trial. And Don't be scared because there's no way you will ruin a wine during the fermentation phase. So I've sparged down to two Beaumont, so we, there's no risk 
of oxidising a wine while there's still sugar and active fermentation. Matt, you've been extremely generous with your time and your knowledge regarding all your experimentation and your successes with adding air to ferments. Matt Zatto, Operational Wine Manager with Oxford Landing, thank you for joining me in the AWRI studio. Thank you, Drew. It's um, been a pleasure to share my, my journey and my experience, and I just hope that others can get the benefits of adding air that we've been able to achieve at our winery. The AWRI Decanted podcast is supported by Australia's grape growers and winemakers through their investment agency, Wine Australia, with matching funds from the Australian Government.